The following is a Bunkazilla original production. We are monsters of culture. It's a beautiful day, but for some people, it may be their last day coming. Welcome to Bunker Mania, Bunkers in the UK's official pro wrestling podcast. I am Jeremy Graves, and joining me as per usual, the man with the plan, the man who, with me today, will be discussing a menagerie of topics, including, at the time we're recording on Friday the 21st of October in the evening, news of a potential update, or perhaps lack thereof, when it comes to CM Punk's return to AEW and much more. Maybe in a prediction sense as well. It is the Decadane, Mr. Ian Bolton. Good, sir. How are you doing today? I am doing delightful. I'm doing delightful. It's the weekend. It's a Friday night. And what do you do on a Friday night? You talk wrestling and all that jazz. Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? And you've you've had a wrestling-themed day anyway. You've gone to see Black Adam. Indeed. I I, I have seen... The, the people's champion literally portray a people's champion in a DC comics film. So uh, that, that was good fun. I'm not going to spoil anything just to get that out of the way, but I had a really good time. And speaking as someone who likes to completely avoid trailers like the plague and whatnot, and not knowing what may or may not happen, including other characters involved that have been in trailers, I've come to find out and such. I had a really good time. It was really, really good fun. I genuinely encourage people to go and check it out. Partly just to see The Rock be a superhero, which he kind of is in most of his films, but an actual comic book orientated one. Mm. Also, Pierce Brosnan. It's the I, first I time. It's, it's the first time that The Rock meets James Bond in a film. I was it's about the to golden say eye film we always wanted. <laughs> I thought I was about to say the first time wrestlers met James Bond. Then I remembered Batista was Inspector, so I went, "No, that's not how it works." There's probably there's probably been another time. I mean, in, in theory, the I think that's it. I think the, the actor who played Odd Job was actually a wrestler as well. I can't right. remember. Tom We're derailing the podcast again. Let's, Let's do find this. out about Odd Job. <laughs> James Bond wrestlers. I'm just going to type in James Bond wrestler. Let's see what comes I, up. I think Odd Job was an actual wrestler. Uh, yep, that is correct. So we predate we predate my Spectre thing all the way back to Goldfinger. Oh, now. actually, no. Wait, wait. Hang on a second. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Odd Job is a fictional character in the espionage movies and the films featuring James Bond. Mm-hmm. Uh, was played by Japanese American actor and professional wrestler Harold Sakata. There you go. Bond and wrestling. Old as each other, in a way. There you go. Now, there if only go. The Rock was someone like James Bond, that would be in a different franchise. I mean, he has got Red Notice, and Red Notice is all about the beautiful people stealing beautiful eggs. I but will really we ever get a like sequel, that. though? That's the question. Oh, there's a sequel coming. There's all, there's definitely a sequel coming, because it was like one of the most watched Netflix films of like the last year or so. That's because this, no one could go out when it first came out. This, this is true. And everyone just watched it because they say, like, oh, pretty people in a big film. It's like, no, it's pretty people in a clear, mostly CGI background film. I should check that out at some point. I've still not seen it, it yet. Up until, up until some revelations, I didn't mind it. I did not mind it. It's like, it's... 
it's far, it was a it was a moderately tolerable film. It was not great. It was coasting on its star power with Dwayne and Ryan joshing with each other and Gal Gadot doing action stuff. And then the ending happened. Ed Sheeran turned up and I got pissed off. Not with Ed Sheeran. <laughs> now, how do I segue from that back into wrestling proper? Um, well, you were pissed well, off with that. And you could say a lot of people were pissed off backstage at All Out following CM Punk's words to the general public in the post-event press conference. That is true. But Jeremy, you haven't done any housekeeping in this episode. I mean, look, CM Punk didn't do housekeeping that well, night, except... Yeah, he, except he, just sat there, he just sat there with his muffins. Just sat there with his well, muffins. Well, you could argue he did do housekeeping. He did the housekeeping <laughs> he wanted to do. And the housekeeping that I should do is to let you know, first of all, thank you very much for checking out the show. If you're a first-time listener, we go off the rails whenever we need to. We do talk about pro wrestling, and we'll be getting to that in just a few seconds' time. You can find... Bunkerzilla UK on Twitter under the username Bunkerzilla UK. And if you're wanting to watch archives of our previous broadcasts and shows and such from YouTube, search for Bunkerzilla UK on YouTube. You will find the channel there just fine. Make sure you hit the subscribe button on not only that channel, but also your podcast platform of choice where our audio only listeners, we love you very much as well, of course, have found us too. So you can be kept up to date with when the latest episode of the podcast is available such as this episode you're listening to or watching if you're on video right now. Hello. Hello. Welcome to so the yes. show. So yes, when it comes to... um, We're starting off with the CM Punk news because at the time yeah. we're recording this, which is at about 7.35pm UK time mm -hmm. on Friday the 21st of October, news in the past few hours has broken when it comes to an update with regard to CM Punk. This per Wrestling Observer slash Figure 4 online. Mm -hmm. AEW and CM Punks are in talks to buy out the remaining years on his contract, according to Dave Meltzer in this week's Wrestling Observer newsletter. The news comes less than two months after Punk, Ace Steel, The Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega were involved in a backstage fight following Punk's comments about Bucks, Omega, and others at September's all-out post-event press conference. Meltzer said that neither Punk or AEW commented on or denied the story. Meltzer wrote that AEW and Punk were in talks about the future, but, quote-unquote, it looks doubtful he will be back. Those with close knowledge of the situation said they are in talks with Punk about a buyout of the remaining years of his contract, which tells you that they are not looking to bring him back. The holdup right now is said to be the non-compete period. End quote. Yeah. Pretty big so, news. Regardless mm. of what people may or may not think of Punk at this point, given the stuff he said, that in and of itself is a massive decision, if it is indeed true. Yeah, it is. Um, a couple of days ago, A still was confirmed to be released by AEW as well for his for his part in the brawl, most noticeably biting Kenny Omega on the arm. Um yeah, it's it's if it's the if it's the end of CM Punk's tenure in AEW kind of ends with a bit of a, a controversial whimper, I suppose, Consid considering for most part of his run, he was doing a very amicable sort of thing. It was like being away from pro wrestling for at least seven years, come back, have this sort of crazy return, a really big return, which is pretty much history setting now in terms of how wrestling fans look back on it. And we get to this sort of 
really disappointing way of how things have gone, in a way. And it's, I think we 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 did a full episode about the brawl, I think two episodes ago. So I think we we've kind of we've kind of said all that we need to say about I think the brawl itself and and how how it's how it's kind of it's kind of not helped AEW in the slightest. They have come out of this a little bit stronger. There is the side tangent brawl of Sammy and Andrade. I don't think we've talked about that, but it's a thing that's happened. That's all. Done, that's happened, yeah. move Done's on. Done's happened, we move on. Um, so the fact of the matter is, is like AEW is, is coming out of that sort of funk. Uh, hopefully, I mean, the stuff with MGF alone is really helping AEW at the moment. And there are other, there are other good story elements in AEW at the moment, but nothing is as captivating as MJF. And I think we're going to be talking a little bit about MJF and Regal's promo uh, a bit later on. I think the interesting thing is the non-compete contract uh, clause in the contract because I think we're all, we're all used to it from WWE releases when someone leaves WWE or is fired, they have 90-day non-compete. And it's like we, we've grown accustomed to it. It's it's, it's normality for wrestling fans. Um, so obviously, if someone's getting fired from AEW or is leaving AEW before the end of their contract, understandably, you think there'd be a no-compete contract, uh, no, uh, yeah, non-compete part of the contract. I think the thing that's kind of, I think ruffled, not to say ruffled, it's kind of ruffled and amazed some people at the same time on, in the wrestling fandom a little bit, is why are they arguing about the the non-compete con- uh, clause? Is it just simply, is it, the, I mean, the, I think we were talking about this before we came online. I think we basically said that the, the more likely aspect is possibly Maybe Punk wants to go and kind of hang out at other wrestling shows, maybe. Or maybe if, if, say, an Impact or an indie show comes out and says, hey, do you want to do a one-off appearance or something like that? Or even New Japan or something like that. Then maybe Punk might be open to the idea. Something along those lines. Well, if if I can just quickly jump in and add another thought to the process as well. It may also be a case of what the non-compete will specify. Yeah. Because it could well be, look, you can't talk about anything to do with this or AEW I, well, for X amount of time, for example. I think that wouldn't fall under a non-compete. I think that would fall under an NDA. Quite possibly, yeah, but there yeah. could be an NDA as part of the non-compete, yeah. as it were. Yeah, Possibly, yeah. 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 But you no, can't go do like an RF video shoot interview or whatever. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the, the other extreme, I think a lot of people have kind of just kind of gone, wait a minute, this this can't mean what we think it means. And it's like, I think Meltzer said on on, on Wrestling Observer Radio at the same time, it's like the the only other company that could li- that could realistically afford him is WWE. And it's kind of like, it, it's a strange thought in its own self. I mean, this is the year, to, this is 2022. This is the batshit year of wrestling, bar none at the moment. Uh, forgive the language on that. Um, but it's it's like, it's like no, it, it can't, it can't be. Well, also, Punk's injured at the moment, so there's no no way he's coming in to another company Do you know before what? That like New might Year. Might be part of it, quite literally. It might yeah. just be. Look, if this is me hypothesizing now and spitballing, yeah. but the conversation may have been something like, "Look, if we need to amic- if we need to split here amicably mm. or not, if this needs to come to an end, either way." you're still now technically on on the injury list mm. in the sense of you can't do anything for the company even if we wanted you to, mm. as it were. So it may just... What's the example? It's like when Rey Mysterio was injured, injured some years ago and WWE basically froze the contract until he came back yeah. and then it resumed yeah. from there. 
it might even just be a similar circumstance like that, where it's, well, look, if you're out for eight to ten months with an injury, you can't do anything for eight to ten months, you know, as an example here, because heck if we're ever going to know really what the extent of it yeah. is. Yeah. But I ultimately, think- going on the assumption this is 100% correct, because for now, for the purposes of discussion, we'll go on that basis. It is sad this is ultimately the way it's ended. And, you know, there were some people that, that were punk detractors, and you can't take away from the fact that stuff that punk's been involved in has been some of the best television of the past decade or so in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Be it segments with MJF, be it his initial return on that Rampage episode at the United Center. There were so many what-if scenarios of, ah, oh, what if we eventually get to see Punk and Omega, which clearly we're never going to get to see now. No. Be, I, I would say never just in general, let alone in a different place. I doubt that's just ever going to happen, quite frankly. Yeah. There were so many what-ifs that you could do, particularly with the younger talent, like how he first focused on Darby Allen, then MJF. And it's he is, regardless what people think, he has benefited AEW. He just has. But ultimately, it's a giant what-if black mark on the end of his tenure and ultimately the end of All Out because if Moxley hadn't lost the belt, then, you know, it wouldn't... Forgive the phrase, but it wouldn't have made a blooming bit of difference at that point from an on-screen perspective. No, not at all. Not at all. It's... Yeah, because I think we... I think this is... Because by this point... Punk had been in AEW for a year, so we're, we were getting to like we've had we've had like the warm up of Punk. We've had like Punk getting really back into the into the throes of things, and it's like both championship reigns are very very short. The second in, one even shorter than the first, even, arguably. Merely uh, out, merely maybe a couple of days actually. I think about. I think, I think it was two. technically announced on Dynamite at the start of Dynamite. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas so Punk about, relinquished it on the rampage after because he injured his foot on the dynamite. So. Yeah. Yeah. So it, there has been some misfortune in the run due to injury. But Actually, you know, I say that technically there was the interim championship, but that aside. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, there's been some there's been some unfortunate injuries with the run. Um. But yeah, I mean, I, I think up until the sort of the first injury, he was fairly having a decent little run and it was getting clearly being like a uh positioned as like the one of the big faces of the company i think in in benefit uh, it sounds like a strange thing to say but i think in, in benefit i think the person who's really kind of re-established the value they have to that company and mostly because of the new contract they've signed as well john moxley's by far now the face the blood life soul of AEW. Him, him, and Jericho, you could argue as well. Yeah, I think I think I resonate a lot more with I think I resonate a lot more with Moxley on on the AEW front. I know Jericho's been doing some really good stuff. Jericho's been doing some good stuff, but I think I think Moxley completely embodies like the AEW mantra in that sort of thing, and you could tell it by the promos he was doing after All Out and 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 so forth. Even like the promos he's doing now, it's like. This this is this is the company. This is this is the wrestler you build a company right around now. And I think I think after I think hopefully in the next month or so, I think once we get to full gear, I think things are gonna finally kind of flatten out and AEW start picking up again or start going again at an almost speed. It's just it's just 
it's the difficult third year. It's or the it's like the third album. It's the difficult third year. Yeah, and what doesn't help as well is the fact that the elite have ju- are just gone at the moment. Yeah, I weird as it sounds, I think if it had just been punk that was gone, it wouldn't have felt nearly as cataclysmic as it did at the time. Weird as that may sound, mm. because I just think with the elite still being there. You have Kenny Omega back. There's a whole hype around him being back. The trios titles yeah. could be a thing. I still think they could do far more with the trios titles. And it already seems like there may be something happening with that based on what happened with the most recent title defense and Pac mm. maybe starting a tease of splitting from Death Triangle. Yeah. But there's so much they could do with the trios titles alone. They wouldn't necessarily yeah. have needed the world champion. And there's just part of me that thinks, and this isn't me just being a big fan of Elite and Kenny Omega, there is just part of me that thinks when you, in essence, have four of your top stars in the company just gone, and from a te- from a television perspective, no reason for it. They're just gone. They've not been mentioned again per Tony Schiavone having to say the words elite because he realized, because he said something and he couldn't not say the elite. <laughs> I think mm. he was saying, oh, you know, the Death Triangle won the titles after they were vacated by the, the elite. By by gust of wind, gust of wind. <laughs> Literally, it was like almost that kind of scenario. I don't know whether that was yeah. planned or not, but the fact that that made it to television, and there are some new elite T-shirts doing the rounds as yeah. well. There's little things. I think we'll be seeing them soon. I think they'll be coming back very very soon. Mm. Uh, they'll probably be back if if all this is what's being reported is true, and they are now just hammering out the final details. I think as soon as they've sorted out Punk, they're back. Yeah. Then they'll and they'll be back, and I think it'll probably be full gear. Um, mm. I think just two two slight um, two slight counter arguments to mm. not having uh, Bucks and Omega. Mm. Uh, first thing, the ratings haven't necessarily taken a massive bump since they completely were agree, completely so, agree. So the, that just shows the quality of people still valuing the other wrestlers on AEW and still tuning in, despite the fact they all, despite the fact I think a lot of people in AEW who watch it were in the know that they were not there for certain reasons. And I think just for, agree. And I think just for the purposes of I think conducting a fair backstage investigation, it's it's kind of like there there clearly was it there's there was clearly means to have both parties off TV in a way. Um because a lot of a lot of people kind of look at the Sammy and Andrade and kind of go, well why was Sammy still on TV after the reported bust up backstage? And it's because the reports say all the people who witnessed it Said Sammy had had no inkling of trying to restart a fight or anything like that, and it's like okay, it's kind of it's kind of is what it is. But if they if they if if talent and that are kind of going well, nothing's really happened, or well, something did happen. But if this person has done nothing to warrant a suspension or be sent straight home, it's it's thing. I think. I think it's been it's been talked about a lot on like other wrestling podcasts and stuff like that. I think this has been like a this summer's been kind of like a massive learning curve. I think for AEW in terms of just mm-hmm. general HR and kind of it's kind of trying to get structure in backstage. And yeah, yeah, it's like I th- I think they they have had to had something like this happen. Uh, brought the 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 all the all out brawl. I think they've had to had something like this happen so they can hopefully improve. Backstage, and it, and it seems to be doing the trick, especially with morale and stuff like that right now. So, yeah, it's 
it's a lesson that needed to be learned, and unfortunately, it's come at a bit of a cost. But, yeah, one day there'll yeah. be a Dark Side of the Ring episode on this brawl, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or it was just like a really big AEW, I think, is it Unrestricted, their podcast? That's Unleashed? their podcast, I think, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, they'll probably have a big podcast about it. Or be a big documentary, like on the fifth anniversary of, of AEW or 10th. Or something. Yeah. Well, the, see, that's, okay, not to labour the point too much now when it comes to mm. punk, but the question does also now come into... What are they going to do long term with acknowledging the history of punk being an AEW? Like, I think they have is to. them? Yeah, I mean, they, they were showing that in like the stuff they're doing for the ROH title, they're sort of giving like flashes of previous champions, and Punk was notably shown in the little very quick montage of AEW yeah. champ- uh, of ROH champions. Excuse me. There is just that element of: Are they going to acknowledge he was a champion at the very least on television, or is this just going to be a is this gonna be a thing where, like, if you search for it, you'll find the info, but it ain't gonna be mentioned like ever so regularly? I think, or readily, I think, rather. I think they will acknowledge him. I think I've. It's like it's it's not like Punk has gone out and done something incredibly heinous, like other other infamous wrestlers have done to the point that they cannot be mentioned, or or it's just, it is a massive third part to mention. I think, yeah, it will sting for AEW in the short term. I think it will, but mm, the fact of the matter is, it's like Punk brought eyes back onto the product. Punk brought more of it. Punk did do, did help with the audience a little bit because of casual fans coming back in because of Punk's return. So there, there is a lot of good, I think, that Punk has done, despite the fact it's ended like this. Agreed. And I, and I, and I, and I, don't, think, I don't think that just deserves a complete, complete blackout of of Punk's name entirely. But the fact that he's doing the Ring of Honor snippets and stuff show that there, there, there is some there is some not of respect, in a way. Exactly. It'll be interesting yeah. to see longer term how things mm. look on that front. But, uh, but, but from there, I mean, there's, there's a variety of places we could go from there. I, I, I'll defer the subject to you, given I sort of led off with that particular topic. Anything in particular you would like to move the conversation towards from, from any realm of wrestling? I mean, we're still in AEW at the moment, so let's let's focus on MGF. Let's talk. Agreed. Let's talk. Let's talk about. Let's talk about the heel who feels like he is very slowly, but certain, but possibly going babyface, and it's it's just captivating to watch. It really is. Have you seen the segment from Dynamite involving him and yeah. Regal? They put the whole fifteen minute up on their YouTube channel. Good. Now, to give the Cliff Notes version of what occurred, partly for context and partly for those who aren't aware, that said, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you now, go and watch this. Just go and watch it if you haven't. The crux of it is MJF teased about a week or so ago on television that he has a story about Regal, mm-hmm. and he was going to share it at some point. That time was on Dynamite. He effectively came out and told a story of how he got a WWE tryout and how we had a tryout match, and then he was pulled aside afterward by Regal, and in essence was told, you've got three minutes, sell yourself. Did that, and from what from what MJF said, was going to be offered a job, it was like the next step in his career, he was so happy. Then the subject about his age came up, and this was at a time, this is based on me reading other things, that mm. the, the time in question, WWE were generally hiring people 21 and above, and at the time, mm. MJF was 19. So Regal was effectively like, look, I can't do anything for you now. Go away, keep working, send me promos and matches every month. He did that. 
on the third time, Regal effectively responded to him with an email that, as Max, as Maxwell Jacob Friedman actually put it in the promo himself, it hit him so hard he wanted to kill himself. Mm. That's how much it hurt him, what the, the response was. But that also then lit a fire under him. And now he's in AEW and look where he's at. And at this mm. point, MJF was beloved and quite, it's one of the best promos ever, quite frankly. Everyone mm. is on his side and are now booing Regal. Mm. It's like, oh my God, how have you done this? And then Regal starts talking and he pretty much explains it from a different perspective of that he did it to light a fire under him. And also, I started wrestling when I was 16, fighting grown men. You can't do that nowadays. And he kept talking. And by the end of it, it came to the conclusion of, look, I'm a traditional villain. I use brass knuckles because I just want to hit people. Not because it's an extra item and whatnot. But I don't attack ring announcers on the outside, like MJF did with Tony Schiavone. Mm. And so he, Regal then turned around and effectively said, here's your chance to be a traditional villain. Turned around, just put his arms up in a T-pose, effectively saying, here's a free shot. And MJF put the, the diamond ring on his finger and couldn't hit him. And then Regal effectively just went, disappointed, and walked away. Which then led to a follow-up later in the evening after the main event, which I'm sure we'll get onto in a few moments as to what occurred during that. But it led... Oh, go on. I, I was going to... I was going to... I think there was a bit of a crux bit in the in Regal's promo as well. It's basically that MGF has been able to achieve a lot of things because he's had other people do it for him. Correct. So it's like the pinnacle, Wardlow, now the firm, occasionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of where Max, where Maxwell is in AEW is not because he has achieved it, it's because he has somewhat achieved it through not doing the hard work. So mm-hmm. ba- basically taking the shortcuts. Which then leads on to him coming out at the end of the night, being called out by John Moxley. Again, we'll get onto the situation before that in a few moments. Yeah. And MJF coming out looking like he wanted to freaking muller someone. He gives Regal the giant poker chip and goes, hold that. Then gets a microphone and effectively says, I'm cashing this in at full gear because I want Moxley at 100%. I don't want any excuses. And I'm going to earn this title. Mm. And now we have our main event for full gear set. Freaking unbelievably fantastic television to watch. But it also now raises the question, Ian. What's he going to do? Is he going to earn it? Or is he ultimately going to cheat? It's so simple, this this storytelling, but it's so wonderful. I Part of me, based on little bits beforehand, especially his disagreements with Stokely Hathaway and, and the firm, part of me thinks he's not going to win at full gear. Yep. Yeah. And, and it's and there's either a double turn coming and shock horror Blackpool Combat Club are not so nice anymore, or Regal will be traditional villain in some capacity or something like that, or the firm gets involved and they have a new, or they're just in business from themselves. I don't think, I'm already thinking MGF is not winning the title at full gear. And the fact is, I like that idea. I like the fact that he will, st- it's like, You've, there's good examples of good slow building storytelling in AEW. Look at Adam Page. Um, it's, I think the slow burn here is MGF slowly realizing 
that he has to do things by himself and have a little bit of, again, self-belief, self-confidence that, yes, he can do it. He can prove he's the generational talent without a ring, without a mob, without cheating. He can do it that way. And I think that might, I think that might come, come a full head maybe at Revolution, possibly. I can't imagine pushing all, all the way up to double or nothing. I think, I think if you're going to pull the trigger on MGF becoming world champion, it's like it will it will either happen at Full Gear or it's going to happen before or at Revolution. But the storytelling has part of me doesn't want to have it at Full Gear. I want mm. I want the I want this to slowly, slowly arrive at the the dawn of Maxwell Jacob Freeman, the baby face we never knew we wanted. It's getting to that point. Yeah. It really is. And it is, it's fascinating to watch, mm. genuinely. It's it is one of the most exciting bits of AEW now. And that's not to say that none of the yeah. others are, but it's just it was always a thing when MJF's music hit, you were like, right, gonna sit back, relax, have a drink, let's see what the hell is gonna happen. Even more so now, every yeah. single time. It's so good. But we both alluded to Another situation, you said the name Adam Page. Mm-hmm. Just to acknowledge this for a moment, and I think AEW needs to be really highly commended for how they handled the situation. Yeah. It was during the World Championship match. It was sort of, I'll say, reaching a higher point of it. I don't think it was necessarily the, the, the I think it was coming to it. the final third, wasn't it? It was, getting, it was yeah. heading to the, like, the final leg. Exactly. And John Moxley hit a massive clothesline on Adam Page, which sent him inside out. And the referee quickly checked on Adam Page just to make sure all was well. And suddenly he motioned to the doctor of, hey, get over here now. And at that point, the match, after a couple of moments just to figure out what is going on exactly, the match was ended by referee stoppage. And very notably, comment when they cut to the commentators, Taz and Shivani were both visibly upset. And whatnot. Excalibur mm. had a mask and he was clearly upset as well. You could hear it in the inflection in his voice, but he was doing his best to fill time. And they were doing very tight camera angle shots to John Moxley. You never saw Adam Page again. You never saw him being attended to by medical personnel and such. The way AEW handled this situation was fantastic. And they have to be commended for that. By all accounts mm-hmm. afterwards, he was checked out backstage and was then taken to a hospital for further testing and has been diagnosed with a concussion. But there was a brief period of time and I watched it on a slight delay not knowing what had happened. And it was when you're watching it, in essence, live, as it were, in the moment. It was it was not not nice by any means, no. but everyone involved did great. And t- typical John Moxie, when you give him a, a microphone, perhaps with an unplanned promo, if in doubt, swear your head off. Great stuff. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I hope, I, hope, I hope Paige gets well soon. Um, yeah, and, you know, we did everything right. It's like, jump straight away on it. Don't wait a couple of seconds. It's like, yep, this is a serious thing. Stop everything right now. So, yeah, they, they did everything right. And I hope so he comes it, back, obviously, clean bill of health. Who knows how long it's going to take? Look how long Alexa Bliss took to come back from a concussion. Mm. Case I mean, in point. So it may be I'm, a long time, but either way, Adam Page's star has risen because that match mm. was so good up to that point. Mm. Yeah. I'm just thinking, again, in terms of wrestling, wrestlers who are still injured from a concussion element, Adam Cole is still yeah. out there. Unfortunately, but he's still he's Twitch streaming and stuff like that. So he, he he's been able to do norm, he's been able to do like everyday stuff. It's just obviously the wrestling aspect is is still a massive no no. Physicality is not possible, as it were. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. 
pretty much. Yeah. Why don't we move into WWE land for a second? Because I could keep talking yeah, about AEW yeah. all day. So what do you want to focus on on the WWE front? Well, we've got a couple of little nuggets of where we're going. Let me get my notes. It's all important to do shows of notes. There we go. Uh, so this, it's, it's kind of like there's no like, it's not been like a massive, obviously the big major news um, recently is obviously Bray Wyatt's come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bray Wyatt did his first promo uh, uh, around this, t- not around this time last week, but pretty much nearly a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the promo itself, it's like a couple of really cool, a couple of interesting things. New music by Code Orange, which Excellent. is still yet to drop. And I think a lot of people, including myself, would like to hear the full song because the, the songs, the songs, re- it's like you don't necessarily think it would work for Bray Wyatt, but in the context of the promo and stuff like that, it works amazingly well. Can I quickly cut in and tell you a fun story relating to the Bray Wyatt music? Yeah, sure. I was at the Arsenal game, the first Arsenal game after Wyatt had returned, mm-hmm. and they played it during halftime. What? the uh, Over the loudspeaker, like the Code Orange song? The new one? I think I think that the other one, as it were, like the, the, the themed one, if you will. Oh, yeah, which is basically um, his original ring entrance, just, just all angry. <laughs> exactly, to which I was like... It, I know this is a WWE theme and the guy who does the, the PA stuff is a big fan, but this is also Code Orange, one of the heaviest bands on the planet being played over the Arsenal PA. This is great. Mm. But anyway, but yeah, continue. But, but yeah, the, the music's a mix of a bit of rock, a bit of piano, a bit of rap, and then like power ballad bit in the middle. It was just, it was so strange, but it just felt so right with Bray, especially with the new style of entrance where he's just coming through from a door with the blue lantern and stuff like that. Um the promo itself is is like it was only like 4 or 5 minutes but it's it's interesting because on t- I think it's working on two levels in a little bit. One level of this is is actually Wyndham Rotunda actually being himself for a little bit and kind of sharing sharing how he's been for the last couple of how he's been for the last couple of years and obviously there's the career aspect obviously losing pre- close friends like Brody Lee and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and just you could you can tell he's been through his own sort of journey of reflection and journey of kind of trying to find his place in the world. And it's like it was very hard to watch that promo and not shed a tear. A Agreed. Bit. It really was difficult. It's like the moment he started talking, he's like, "Oh God, I think I'm I'm gonna start crying." And this is me watching SmackDown in a hotel room at an anime convention at about I think 10 a.m. And stuff mm. like that is like heck, and yeah, a, a lot it, of what he said hit me on a personal level very deeply and hard. Yeah, I think we could we can all relate to that in many ways, shapes, and mm. forms. Yeah, it it was just for for like the final five minutes of a show. That was a it was an excellent promo, but the promo doesn't necessarily end normally. It cuts out to the new kind of masked Bray Wyatt doing a little sort of. It's a, like a little spooky run, which I just couldn't keep getting out of my head a little bit. It's like, oh, I'm trying to remember the things. It's like, forget the future, forget the past. Life is over. And it's just like, it's kind of like, it's it's really teasing you. And it's like, okay, what are we going with? Are we going with, are we linking to this promo a little bit of Bray possibly fighting in the demons in a way? Mm. Or has Bray just kind of gone, I've come back to say thank you, now I'm about to get really angry and mess and get really freaky in a way. Um, but it, 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 I'm just, I'm still, I'm excited and intrigued by it all still. 
I mean, there's the, there's the talk of whether it's a faction, whether it's just his personalities he's going to be battling with in a way. It's, there's a lot of unanswered questions, but it's unanswered questions in a good way at the moment. And, and I think that's, if you're leaving people asking more questions and wanting to see how this goes, it's, it's, a, it's a tick in the right direction. It's, a, it's moving in the way you want it to go. And I think considering now there is a sense of they want to tell, they've got a long-term creative person in at WWE now. They, they are focusing a bit more on story. I think if this is done right, this could be, this could be special. This could be a really fun journey to go on. And hope, and let's call it like it is. They ain't gonna bugger it up like they did last time. No, no. There's not. There's not. There's not a grumpy old man who thinks he knows everything about wrestling. And he exactly. kind of does. He, to a point, he did know at a time, but clearly not the modern product. Yeah, one. Um, so I can't remember what I heard it on which shows. So forgive me for not being able to credit properly. But no worries. I was listening to a podcast and someone gave. I won't say the analogy, but made the point of the Bray promo felt like they wanted to give him a way to be himself mm. to acknowledge. Because even Bray said it during his promo, like the people who would come up to him and say, "When are we going to see you again?" and whatnot on TV. That mm. was kind of a way for him just to have that moment as a human being. Yeah. And then that's why they then jumped to the, the sort of the mask thing of like, right, we've had, we've acknowledged it. We've had the moment. Now let's, let's change it up a bit. Mm. And I think that was a very good point in that it was a way to give that moment that everyone who's had a surprise return, like yeah. Johnny Gargano had it and whatnot. Like heck, even Bailey's had it. Dakota and EO have had it when they've yeah. come back and such beat them injured, not, looking like they're going to come back, like go and come back. Everyone mm -hmm. has had that kind of moment in recent times. And that is an example of that. And it's honestly, it's really fun to see. It does make you wonder though, how much more can they do that? Because there will come a point where there'll kind of be a ceiling almost that may come about for how effective yeah. or how correct that may be, depending on the person. I think... I think I think the, the 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 returns and arrivals and stuff like that. I think that's going to slow down a little bit now. I think if we're seeing people coming up or appearing on main roster stuff, I think it's going to be from NXT, and they and and to a point they've been doing really good at kind of cross blending NXT on the main mm -hmm. roster stuff. They've done a lot in the run up to Halloween Havoc. They had a pick your poison match. So Rhea Ripley had her first match in a couple of months back on NXT this past Tuesday. Raquel uh, Rodriguez was on NXT. Nakamura went back to NXT. A lot of people went... For one, for one side bit of, hey, NXT's going up against Dynamite. Let's see what we can do. Which didn't really do much anyway. But um, it's just... I think it's the fact that they're acknowledging NXT. They've, they've, they've brought some of their promising stars to kind of work with things. I mean, like Cameron Grimes worked with, uh, with Gallows and Anderson this past week mm. and, and so forth. It's like just for, just like a really throwaway tag match in a way, or kind of like a, a storyline tag match in a way. But it's, yeah, there's, I think I think more people coming up to the main roster or people appearing on the main roster is now probably going to come from NXT at this moment, unless there is a monster free signing coming up or anything. I think the only the only big ones coming are, without a shadow of a doubt, Cody is the next, yeah. is, 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 the, is the big return. Still. Will it be before Royal Rumble though? That's yeah. the big question. And and also the the other question is: Are is like, is the trigger being pulled on Rock Roman? Mm. I think it's happening. 
I think consider, considering that they've been doing little jokes in like Black Adam interviews of like, oh yeah, yeah, Roman says he's the, the head of the table. No, 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 I'm the head of the table. It's like, yeah, you're kind of laying this in a little bit, Dwayne, aren't you? I mean, it's a possibility. I mean, it's like, it's kind of like you kind of want to see it happen at long last, but it's like, it's one of those, I'll believe it when I see it. I've just got this vision now of The Rock making his entrance at WrestleMania, mm. except he's literally being Black Adam. <laughs> Synergy! Actually, you know, even better, how is this for a dumb idea? I'm calling it dumb, but it'll oh, probably no. happen now. What if Roman parodies Black Adam? He's got the perfect music for it. Just imagine it. That whole really awful AR graphic looking thing. He walks down, he's dressed like Black Adam. It'll take him half an hour to get to the ring in a WrestleMania stadium. I don't know if that's going to work per se because uh, obviously DC's Warner. Warner pretty much broadcast AEW. So it's like in a dream world, it'll be amazing. But I can imagine Warner Bros. going, no, protect the AEW in a way. Um, wait, so wait, it's a lightning bolt on Black Adam's chest. What could they do? Because it's like it's, it's like they haven't really re- just have, a, just really have a finger with a one. Just point it up just on his chest. Just a one. Just a giant <laughs> one. Just a giant one. It's it's the one. <laughs> Love to see. But yeah, it's like with Rock Roman, it's like when it happens, I'll believe it's happening. Mm. But for now, it's just kind of like it's either going to be Rock Roman. Or it'll be Roman and someone else. Probably Cody. Yeah. Or if there is any wrestling justice in this world, it is going to be Sami Zayn. So help yeah. me God. One of, it's got to be one of the two at this point, hasn't it? It has yeah. to be. We will, we will, we will cut, we will go over to predictions that below because we've got a little bit of a main segue into that in a bit. Um, so obviously some, uh, another return that actually did happen between two episodes of, of Bugmania, Gallows Anderson have come back to WWE. They're helping out AJ in his feud against the Judgment Day. Return who, of the okay, OC. Who are, who are, the Judgment Day, I'm, I'm really kind of digging now. I kind of am enjoying. They, they are kind of, they're booking, they're being booked to win considerable matches now. And it's like, yeah, there's like their heel of, of, of I do like I do like I do like edges uh, sort of comparison. It's like you just look like you just didn't get tickets for my Chemical Romance in a way. Fair. But it's like, but but they have, they seem like they're enjoying what they're doing. It seems like they're that they're, they're having a bit of a, a good impression, and they had a really good reception at NXT this week. So, um, but yeah, Gallows and Anderson returned, which is very interesting considering that Anderson is currently the never uh, champion for New Japan yep. Pro Wrestling, the never open weight champion, which. It, is a which because I mentioned I think at the end of our last show that I went to Royal Quest Night Two, yeah, and one of the big things they've set up is Hikuleo being the number one contender and just outright mm. holding the belt over his head, mm. as it were, while like Anderson was down and stuff. So he's blatantly going to win the belt. Ain't going to be on their next show though. <laughs> no, which happens to be at the same time as Crown Jewel, or basically the same day but later on in the time zone. Are they really um, like, you know, the same somewhat continent? Yeah, I think because... The uh, same yeah, side o- of the world, that's a better way to phrase yeah, it. Yeah, because it's it's OC versus Judgment Day at Crown Jewel now. So it's like, well, he clearly can't be on two cards unless A, one match is pre-taped it, uh, or something like that. But it's just kind of like, this kind of like, oh yeah, it's not going to be Defend Art Day. And uh, New Japan are currently not impressed on that. I can understand why. But it, it's... It's nice to see them back in WWE and it kind of makes nice sense for them to team up with 
AJ. The funny thing, I don't, I think, I think probably uh, Sean Rossap mentioned this, but it's like there is, there are active members of Bullet Club on pretty much any wrestling, big major wrestling promotion: New Japan, AEW, <laughs> Impact, and and now WWE. So it's just like. I mean, I think a lot of a lot of people were kind of pondering about the nature of the possible relationship there and New Japan Pro Wrestling. It just kind of seems like they've picked up some free agents who just happen to be working with New Japan Pro Wrestling at the moment, and they're just sorting out the finite details of trying to just finalize that. I suppose yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't. I don't think it's leading to like a, a WWE working with New Japan in any way. It'd be amazing if it did, but it's like I think that's that's fancy booking. Too much, a little bit for me. Exactly. I mean, ultimately, the situation with the Never Belt is awkward, to say the least. But mm. there is an element where, who knows from a business perspective how this went wrong, as it were, because realistically, uh, what's the way to phrase this? Carl Anderson doesn't want to screw over New Japan. I'm no. convinced of that, especially given his long history with the promotion, like way before he went to WWE the first time, as it were. Yeah, did so much for his career. It's just one of those situations that's worked yeah. out. But unfortunately, you know, it's just kind of worked out that way. But but it, when it comes to Crown Jewel, I've just actually looked on WWE.com for reference. The current card is listed as, and I forgot this was a match until I logged on just now, Roman Reigns and Logan Paul. <laughs> no, no, the table, Logan Paul, by the way. Wait, what? Who, had, who on an interview had no idea that he referenced Botchamania during his press conference. Have you have you seen the clip? Have you seen the clip? I've not, no. Basically, when they did the big at Las Vegas sort of promotion of oh, we're actually gonna have Logan Paul versus Oh, did, uh, he, did he say I am the table? He just he just <laughs> went in is like in every industry, I am the table. And someone in the background just went, What the f <laughs> <laughs> And then so and then he was on he was on a sports interview with someone and someone just went, do you know that that's an actual thing for what you mean? He just went, no. But it was like, I, don't, I didn't know why people were kind of getting overexcited about it. He went, oh, in <laughs> that way. And so Matthew <laughs> on Botchamania is having a field day with that, no doubt. Pretty much. Pretty much. There we go. So Pretty we've got much. Roman Reigns, Logan Paul. We've got the OC against Judgment Day, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Also, and I want to see this, because I didn't know this was a thing, so I've not oh, been able yes. to watch much WWE, Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. Oh, <laughs> It's kind of like the. Hopefully, they're going to have a pro, like a real proper non-story bollocks around them storyline match <laughs> going on now. Because they were because non-story bollocks around. <laughs> because basically, it's like the the match at Royal Rumble earlier this year. It's like yeah, there were like there were little moments of fun, but ultimately, it served as a story plot point for Reigns to make Brock lose the WWE Championship. There are no belts now. There are no belts. It's Cowboy Brock versus Bobbles. <laughs> it's going to be a match. And judging by like the brawl they had on Raw this week, um, where basically I think Lashley put Brock through the barricade and then literally threw him through a table. <laughs> it, it, it's, like, I don't, it's like, I don't want a long match. I just want crazy power moves and just <laughs> silly free... It's basically, if we're going to have... If we're gonna have the Brock Lesnar Lashley battle that we've all dreamed of in our heads, this is the moment and this is the time. <laughs> so, but no, it's like again, it's like Bob, Bobby Lashley's still incredibly over as a baby face with the crowds. Brock's always over, especially as Cowboy Brock. He's still in Cowboy Brock mode. I think this. I think this will be a very silly, entertaining uh, 
beefcake match. And I Will think he that's come what... out with a tractor though? Depends. <laughs> he might come. He might come out. Might come out. Are you in the desert or something like that? You might come out with a Humvee. Obviously, they're not doing this in the desert, but obviously, I'm just thinking because they because it's like WWE sensibilities. Last time they were in Saudi Arabia, it was like Riddle just came out on a camel because. <laughs> because I mean, it's, why, it, it, why it's very appropriate for the character. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, I can imagine what just turned up in a hum in a Hummer. Uh, I'm trying to think. We'll I'm, have to see. What if he came out like in one of those, like a snow bike, but for a desert? Yes. Yes. And he jumps off a sick ramp on the entrance ramp. Does a backflip. Pyro, straight pyro into his pose. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we should be thankful we haven't seen the, the emergence of Drew McIntyre versus Tyson Fury yet, which is good. Don't think it's happening. I mean, isn't he, isn't he now unretired from boxing or something? Yeah, I think he's battling Ch- Chisora again. Oh, I'm sure that'll be entertaining. Mm. Um, anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, in terms, again, Crown, the fact is that obviously the issues of Crown, the things around Crown Jewel are still not great, but the fact is the moment the card will probably be good. The wrestling is probably going to be good. And the fact is there again, they, they've, as we talked about earlier in, early in the year on the show, the, the Saudi shows are now becoming more of a storyline plot point as well so it's not just glorified house shows they are, becoming, they are becoming canon if you they will. are they are technically becoming canon and it, and it kind of all started around this time last year with crown jewel with the hell in a cell between edge and rollins which was really really good um in a way so yeah i mean speaking of rollins new u.s champion we called it as well we called it uh it's probably much overdue because rollins really needs a belt for a while and it's kind of like he's 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 been an MVP for WWE this year, especially with the Co- with the Cody series, really good series of Rollins, uh, not Rollins, Riddle, and all that sort of stuff. I think he's getting into like a mini program now with Mustafa Ali, mm-hmm. which might be fun. And then we've got other potential US candidates in the circle. So there's still Riddle. Elias is back. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, Elias came back. So after but- his powerbomb, ma- after Ezekiel's powerbomb massacre at the hands of Owens at the start of the Triple H regime. Uh, Elias came back after like six weeks with Beard. He said he said his brother Ezekiel will never wrestle again. <laughs> <laughs> the injuries are far too great for Ezekiel. Oh, um, word. So yeah, he, he was, yeah, it's like Elias was trying to do a bit of a concert. Riddle came out of a set of bongos. Hilarity was had. And then he kind of sneaked attack Riddle at some point in, on on Raw this week, so it's kind of like okay, we've got we've got some we've got some kind of new feuds to go into. Also, also in rejoicing mode, LA Knight is back. <laughs> Wait, wasn't he Max under Dupree. a different name? Not anymore. <laughs> oh, okay, sure. So, so it's been retconned. All right, sure. No, no. Uh, basically, basically, he had a violent separation from Maximum Male Models. He basically uh, took out Mansoir and Marseille with chairs. And just said, I don't like to be called Max Dupree. I don't want to hear that name. Max Dupree is dead. It's only L.A. Knight. And and the current commentary team on SmackDown, which is Michael Cole and Wade Barrett for the moment, because um, what's his name? Pat's off doing ESPN stuff at the moment. McAfee. He's off doing, yeah. he's off doing sporty things. Yeah, he's doing sporty things. Um, it's like they've come up with a story of basically the Dupree family have disowned this man. They don't want him anywhere in his family anymore. So his sister is being promoted to the head of male models. <laughs> so, okay. 
Yeah, I mean, if it, if it just says we've got LA Knight back, I'll take it pretty much. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, had, he he beat Marseille. He then cut. He then immediately went heel and just said, "No, it's it's like I'm LA Knight. It's LA Knight's game." And yeah, everyone going yeah. I wa I watched a lot of like Eli Drake pro promos for a bit last week, especially with the yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, okay, you teased it a few moments ago. Bring me up to speed. What's the latest on the bloodline and Sami Zayn? Um, right. So, where are we going at the moment with this? Okay. So, uh, Sami Zayn is now responsible for uh, Jey Uso because Roman was fed up <laughs> of the bickering. So, he just said to Sami, Sami, you are looking after Jay. And there's this weird sort of bizarre power dynamic between uh, there's this weird sort of they clearly don't like each other Zayn and, and Jay really don't like each other but the fact of the matter is the moment the thing that's annoying Jay more is everyone else around them are kind of siding with Sammy a bit and it's like there was a really good thing at the start of I think it was Smackdown last week where Roman calls calls the Usos and Zayn on a phone before that and say hey you've got to make sure Zayn gets a win tonight and Jay is the only one who goes to the ring and despite the squabbling, Jay actually helps Sammy win, in a way. And then, and then he's going, "Yeah, I helped. I helped Sammy. See, we're all on the same page." And everyone's just going, "Oh no, but but Sammy won. Sammy won that match by himself." And you just see Jay <laughs> seething, just being gaslit. And it, and it, it is kind of like, and it's kind of like, so it's like he goes to Solo Sakura, just goes, "Hey, he's like, hey, hey, brother. See, I I won, I won this." It's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't see, but I heard Sammy won." <laughs> It's just being gaslit at this point, isn't he? It's it's fascinating. It's amazing. It's like, oh, it's like, it's like even when Reigns isn't on TV, it's it's just it's like Zayn and and Jay Uso and and even even the other even the other Usos and that are making this storyline just so so captivating. It's like when it first started, no one thought this would be like a return to form to intriguing Roman Reigns storylines, but it really is. It really is. I mean, yeah, that's that's the far. I mean, I don't know. I think, oh no, I think Solo did try to go for Intercontinental in a fatal four-way, which Rey Mysterio won. So it will be Rey Mysterio versus Gunther very soon. Rey Mysterio is going to die. <laughs> and I'll I tell you something. Wait. That match is going to be great fun. <laughs> it's going to be like so he's good. A, he's half the size of Gunther. Gunther's going to squash him. It's gonna be amazing. The Fatal Four Way itself was quite was quite good fun. Hmm. Ricochet versus Mysterio for a little bit was good, really good. I bet it was. Oh yeah, not not there with Ricochet Carmella Hayes at the moment because I think their little little entanglement at um, Worlds Collide was still quite fun. But I want to say that Ricochet and Rey Mysterio have had matches before. Mm. It may have been what was that Lucha Underground. Probably, it was before yeah. Ricochet when he was Prince oh, Puma. What? Yeah, whatever that name you were about to say was, I uh, totally Prince forgot. Puma. I want to say they may have had an encounter there. I never saw any of Lucha Underground and Mysterio. No, have I, and I really want to see it, but it's I can't find a legal way to watch it in the UK, which is frustrating. Even though it's like yeah. some of it's on Netflix in the US. It might be on Apple's thing, like iTunes Malark. I should take a look. I should might take a look. Be. There we go. So um so what we're gonna do, folks, we decided 
before we're going to end the show, a while ago, we did some predictions and stuff. We sort of want to get back on that train. But um, I actually just remember there's something I do actually want to acknowledge, and not to bring the mood down too much, if you will. But oh, uh, I because it, Kevin Nash is... I am a massive fan of Kevin Nash, just in general. I have been since as long as I've been a wrestling fan. I just want to send condolences to Kevin Nash because I don't know if you heard, but his son of 26 years old passed away this week. Yeah, I, I did hear about that. Yeah, very, and I think yesterday at the time we're recording was also the anniversary of Scott Hall's passing. So I can only imagine, or it's a Scott Hall anniversary it was being celebrated anyway. It, I think it was I think it was Scott Hall's debut anniversary. Scott Hall there you passed go, sorry, I, think, I got, my, um, got my brain yeah, part, mixed yeah, up. Yeah, uh, Scott Hall passed away, I think, March. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I've got my timelines mixed up. No, but, it's, um, but it's fine. By the it's way, fine. though, want to just sort of acknowledge that, like... Mm. I can only imagine what Kevin Nash is going through right now. Yeah. So massive condolences yeah. to Kevin Nash. Yeah. And I, I think his son was working on his podcast as well. And his podcast mm-hmm. had really started to get going a bit, Kevin Nash. Mm-hmm. So to have that sort of real tragic and really sad setback is 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 hard to see. So set, sending well wishes to, to Kevin Nash there. Indeed. But um, the predictions that I mentioned, what we wanted mm-hmm. to do Seeing as we're now in the month of October, somehow we've made it, we're now in what is now technically known as the fourth quarter of the year. So the final, st- final quarter of the game. We're going to win. There you go. No two-minute warning, though. Um, okay. <laughs> there's an American football <laughs> reference, people. So we're going to do a few predictions each as to what we think will happen before the end of the year. When it comes to criteria, nothing specifically as it were. I've tried to admittedly keep mine more focused towards the landscape of WWE and AEW, but I no, may add fair. something in before I've actually decided. But um, but yeah, I'm not sure how many total we want to do each, but I sort of, I originally penned it as maybe being three each or so. Well, we'll see how we go for the next 30 minutes. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because we're going to go off the tangents, aren't we? So Yeah, fair. All right. I'll, t- I'll tell you what then. I will let, I will give the ball to you first, good sir. What are you going to predict will occur during the fourth quarter of the year that we are currently in, known as 2022. I think, and this is going back straight back to what we were talking about on SmackDown, I think Sami Zayn will be eventually kicked out of the bloodline by the end of this year. Okay. I think. Okay. If not, yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. I think it is that there's only so long you can take teasing, and I think... Something might happen at War Games or Survivor Series War Games mm-hmm. that might facilitate that. But even though everything's all smart, sunshines and roses, I think eventually uh, the axe is coming down on Sami Zayn in the bloodline. The question is when, mm. really? Because I think, because because as I was saying, I think my dream scenario, if it is not. If it's not The Rock and it's not Cody, my dream scenario is Zayn is the one to take the belts from Roman at Mania. Because it, because by then Zayn will have, I, I, it's like you just see this sort of full 360 of Zayn returning to the original guy he was in NXT. It's like his beard's being shaved, his beard's cleaned again, he's got short hair again, he's got the original Sami Zayn music as well, and stuff like that. And I just, you can just. And I think, and I think it's like if you're going to make anyone a massive star from defeating Roman, I mean Cody's already Cody's already a star. I think Cody Cody has that gravitas. Rock, you don't need to make you don't need to make him lose to the Rock. 
in a way. Even if they did have a match at Mania, I think Roman would beat The Rock anyway. It's just to really cement the run. But if I think the only person right now who, in a storyline sense, is the perfect one to take the titles from Roman, I think it's Zayn. And I think first Zayn has to have a massive fall from grace, and I think it will happen by the end of the year. I think that is a very fair prediction. I've got one on a similar on the similar storyline, if you will. Mm-hmm. But my prediction is simply the Usos will lose the tag team titles before the end of the year. Okay. Because I think that would be the catalyst, potentially depending on the circumstance, for either, yeah. and this adds another prediction now, which you're going to potentially really laugh at, the Usos lose the tag titles. That's my like primary prediction. Because mm. also I think we're at the point when something's got to give in the bloodline. Yeah. But I think the tag titles going first is going to be something big that will get a lot of talk going, which will then... This is the dumb I, part. I want, I want to kind of jump in there in a little bit, just Go first. On. At the moment, they are playing up the fact that the Usos are closing in on the New Day's record. Okay. I, th- I think there's a possibility it could happen. You might be right there. And I think if it's going to happen, it's going to be before they hit that day. So maybe at Crown Jewel, maybe very, very soon. But I think they wouldn't they wouldn't be talking about the New Day record unless they've got plans for something. I can't I can't imagine the I, I can't imagine the Usos beating it. I think I think that would be the catalyst for everything because the Usos don't reach the same silly heights as Reigns. That's what I'm thinking mm-hmm. of. So, anyway, sorry, I interrupted your prediction. No, no, no that's so. fine. This is going to lead on to my next part of this now, as it were. This is the more wackier part of the prediction. After they lose the tag team titles, Jay, because that's who St. Zane's been tasked with looking after, correct? Just to make sure I don't get mixed up. Jay will be very annoyed with Sammy. And let's just say that the Usos will have an arranged rematch on a SmackDown for the tag titles. But Jay will just be notably really angry and won't show up, which mm. leads to Sammy and Jimmy winning the belts. <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's another sort of alternate reality where it's not Zayn who loses, who gets kicked out. It's Jay. Yeah. Again, and again, main event Jay Uso comes back, wins yep. the title. So far. Again, it's like... Those are two both very plausible things, and mm-hmm. either one of them I'd be happy with. <laughs> but also, I just want to see Jimmy and Zayn just doing their handshake constantly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what, oh, what, oh, what, oh, what if, what if Jay got kicked out of the bloodline? He loses his Uso moniker. In a way, <laughs> is, that when, is, that, is that when Booker T <laughs> lost the right to be Zane T? Gets given it by Rikishi. I'm not gonna lie. That's almost a similar vein in WCW circa February-ish 2000. It's like Booker T and Stevie Ray Harlem Heat kind of had a bit of a split, mm. and Big T, aka Ahmed Johnson, was mm. brought in to make a new like Harlem Heat 2000, if you will. Yeah. But the problem was that T was like a family thing, and so in a match, Booker T lost the right to the T. So for a period of time, he was just called Booker. Booker. I went to a WCW house show in Manchester 
when he was introduced simply as Booker. And it was weird. You know, you know, wrestling fans, they wouldn't let that slide anyway. They'll just say, the, the announcer will go, Booker! And everyone just go, T. T, T, T. T, T, T. But I digress. So, uh, but yes, yeah, so, so those are my kind of predictions relating to the bloodline because mm. I just feel before the end of the year, something notable has to happen with the bloodline. Mm. And I think one of those two things are potentially the thing that can happen like you were mentioning though i think survivor series war games is a logical place for it to happen especially because yeah. i actually looked on ww.com they outright say on the survivor series subsite that war games matches plural will headline survivor series for the first time in wwe history yeah so main event so basically open and close the show yeah so one would assume when we may next see roman after crown jewel it wouldn't surprise me if it's survivor series I I think the I think the bloodline match I, I think the war games match for men's will be the bloodline versus someone or versus a team of something. Yeah, have, let, like, let's a, pick some names. So we got Drew, Drew's um, possible Owens. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, that's the question. Do they make it Raw v SmackDown? No, ah. no. I think I, I think I think they will. They categorically try to say we there will be story. Mm. They will be story. So I think if you gather the people who have noticeable grudges against Reigns as champion. So you've got your Riddle, you've got your Drew, you've got your Owens. Two more to go there, possibly. Um, I'm not sure who else really would. But then, oh, oh, oh. But what, but what, if, if, hear me out. I'm here. This is a crazy idea. Okay. What if, after all the Donnybrook brawling is over, what if Imperium, and the brawling brutes find a common enemy in the bloodline. <laughs> and to be honest, they're teasing the brawl, the brawling brutes having an issue with the bloodline because Sheamus was taken out of the fatal four way for an intercontinental match uh, by uh, uh, the Usos because Solo was in it. So it's so kind of like they, you're, they, they've you're slipped already- that little thing in. So I no actually I think if it's a five feet five, so you got Roman, Usos and Zayn. If you got all that, there's your team of five for war games. I think the team of five against the bloodline will be the Brawling Brutes, McIntyre, and Owens. Hmm. That that in itself sounds insanely in 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 enthralling in itself. Yeah, I mean, the other argument to make here, I say argument, wrong choice of word, is that the whole Bloodline thing is very much a SmackDown thing. Mm. I think we spoke about this last time, how really Raw has just not had a championship, a, a, yeah. a, a top championship, but which is how bloodline- Rollins now being the US champion may help that. So there is an element where Survivor Series could be the catalyst for perhaps the Raw side of things to start really gunning in for that world title again. No, sorry, for the unified title again. Yeah, because it's like, even though they'll, the Bloodline do do occasional things, the fact is challenges have come from both sides. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes sense. It makes sense. It makes sense in a way. I don't know. Or, you know who else might be in that, that War Games match, depending on the result and how the match goes? Who? Logan Paul. Just saying. I, would, <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past them, but the fact of yeah. the matter is... Of, with his current performances in WWE, 
I wouldn't be opposed to that idea. Completely agree. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. So what is your next big prediction then? I would like by the end of this year to Ring of Honor to actually have a show and to take some belts off AEW Dynamite, please. Now, to, to clarify what you mean by a show, are you talking a weekly show of some and kind? A, an, an actual show with a home, whether it's streaming, whether it's TV. It's basically... the the One of the things that irks me with AEW at the moment is there are too many belts and... I, and I don't know which ones I should care about. Obviously, the world title, but everything else, I just, I just don't care about the influx of belts all over the shop. And it's just like, it's like I think a Wrestle Talk video. I think Ollie Davis counted like 13, 14 belts on on Dynamite. Mm. And it's like, it's like we complain that we don't have too many championships and people. It's like AEW is kind of over the top now. And I get, and I get the thing of they're trying to get a. a a deal. It's like either get it, either something needs to be sorted out, or it's really starting to hamper the product. And I think it's also hampering opportunities for people who who might benefit from being in Ring of Honor, who might actually benefit after Ring of Honor is kind of segregated out from AEW. Essentially, they are two separate brands, mm. and it's like it's that I wouldn't say it's their own brand split, but it is. It is their opportunity to have a second brand and give other people an opportunity in that in that sort of environment. So yeah, I hear you. Yeah, and it's this is the thing that there's a way to integrate the belts. I think well, the problem mm. at the moment is it's very haphazard as to which belts actually matter. Yeah, for, for example, the ROH title Jericho's defended it a couple of times now. When's the last time Joe defended the ROH TV title? He's busy being buddies with Wardlow, which isn't a bad thing. No, exactly. But the point, and even but Wardlow, like he defended but it. But the point. Have you seen the match with Brian Cage and Wardlow from a couple of weeks ago on Dynamite? I have not yet. I need to see it because I know it's it. really good. I, de- I demand you watch it. It's good fun. Well, but good night, everyone. Like, there you go. But Wardlow <laughs> hasn't defended the belt much. And I think there's no. an element, there's an element of there needs to kind of almost be the rules for championship defences. Like, there was the old unwritten rule in WWE. Well, I say unwritten. 30 days. They occasionally made it a rule, but the whole 30-day thing. Yeah. And with the ROH titles, it doesn't... It doesn't feel like that that necessarily matters or it's not impacting. But also, a way to integrate titles, I think it's a really cool idea. For example, to see FTR with three sets of titles, and they're now going to go for the AEW tag titles by the sound of it. I'll get back to that in a minute. That might come up in a prediction element. Mm. But but there's a thing of, I think it's cool to acknowledge that people wrestle elsewhere. Heck, on Dynamite this week, they even talked about how Phoenix and Penta were involved in massive matches at the Triple Mania event. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's cool to acknowledge things in that way. Hikaru Shida's been coming out wearing two championship belts from Japan, except for this week when she lost the AEW title match. Just saying. Mm. So... There's different ways of emphasizing people going around the world and wrestling and winning championships, but I just think it's so haphazard as to how often they are properly integrated and how important they should feel. Yeah. That eventually you're like, oh, that's a belt. It's like, Pac, he's lost the Atlantic title now, which I'm kind of gutted about because I really like the fact, one, he was a double champion, but also. 
I think they could have played up the fact he would have had to have defended the title twice in one night a bit more. Mm. They did it a few weeks back, I think it was, between Rampage and Battle of the Belts, where he was in the main event of Rampage in the trios title match, and then immediately after, at the start of Battle of the Belts, he had to defend the, the All-Atlantic title. Mm. And it played into it. It's like, I'd like to have seen more of that, just to really emphasise it, but th- that's a different debate entirely. But I definitely think there's a way to integrate the titles more, but ROH having its own individual presence in some form would definitely benefit. Yeah. So long-winded yeah, way of saying, I agree. Good. <laughs> after after, after the, the, the too long didn't read, I agree. There you go. <laughs> so oh. on the subject of championships, I'll stay on this theme. Okay. And I'm going to be very specific with this one as well. All right. Jade Cargill, before the end of the year, will lose the TBS title to Willow Nightingale. Here's the caveat. Here, oh. here is here is the thing. Okay. Will she lose via a pinfall, or will she lose via a stipulation match, like a ladder match? I think just regular match. There may be right. some skullduggery going on on the outside, but Willow will pin Jade Cargill. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there, there were lots of other predictions. Like, like, I mean, honestly, I'll just say it now. One of my other predictions was going to be Jamie Hayter will be the AEW Women's Champion. I just think that will happen, but it's like, you know what? Chances are I may not get my wish. So I thought I'll go with the Willow one because I actually think, I mean, heck, going back to the whole idea of how important is a TBS title and stuff, that title's not been seen for yonks and suddenly it's just back in the picture again. That's another one where... Well, well Nyla Rose currently has it somewhere. But she, she has where. physical possession of the belt. Yes. And Nyla Rose is freaking entertaining as hell. Nyla Rose is so damn cool. But yeah, I'm I'm putting my, my stake on Willow, if you will, because... Every time she wrestles, she's such good fun to watch. And just really, really fun and like bubbly personality. And I think it'd be nice to have that. Oh, pardon my microphone. I think it'd be really nice to have that as a champion. Just a fun, bubbly champion. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, I, it's like, it, it's kind of like there's several ways you could go with Jane. The fact of the matter is, is like, it has been a while with the TBS championship and, and, it's it's not it's not a mark against the performers in a way. It's just the TBS championship has just not felt good. I mean, the fact of the matter is, a challenger will step up, and nine times out of ten, you know, Jade is retaining. There's there is there is that. I mean, Jade's awesome, but it's just like I think AEW need again. This is the I don't want to go back to this well, and I really don't want to keep saying this, but it's just like. Work does still need to happen on the on the women's division in just crafting storylines that can they they are doing it to agree, but I think it's it's building the viable challenges. It's giving those performers. And I and I think this this will be another thing that will hopefully will come if the RH deal happens finally, is basically there may actually be some space for some actual women's wrestling that lasts longer than like 12 minutes or so, hmm. in a way. And it's yeah, I don't, I don't want to go around that bush again because it's That's just. Why, I mean, hey, look, on I've, Dynamite this week, we're going to get Jamie Hayter and Riho. And if we get a Japanese style match between those two, it's going to be great fun. Mm, I'm sure it will be. The question is how, how much focus on that will the match exactly. be given? That's the and, thing. And this is why you should watch the Fight TV feed because you'll actually see the majority of the match. That too. That Your too. next prediction, good sir. Mm, I I think by the end of the year, 
I think Sheamus will finally get the Intercontinental Championship off Gunter. I, th I think it, I think it's it's destiny at this moment in time. It's the question of how we're going to how and when really. Because hmm. has can't, Gunter can't... actually been defeated in a singles match yet on the main roster? Hmm. No. But I think I, I think Sheamus makes the the logical choice simply because there's the history moment for him to become Ultimate Grand Slam champion in a way. Um, it kind of it kind of cement it, it cements his run. It, it cements his recent run as being kind of like great, and I think it also rewards him for just being that sort of the an MV an un, a hidden MVP. No one really. Thought about for a while, kind of like a dark like horse, if you will. A dark, the dark, the dark horse MVP of of WWE at times. Hmm. Um, it just, it just from a storyline and just kind of, it just kind of makes sense. And then Gunter is free to kind of possibly challenge for a world championship. I would not be surprised. Maybe not by this year, but I would not be surprised if on the road to WrestleMania, Gunter possibly becomes a a challenger for Reigns. Hmm. Maybe. Or gets heavily involved in like potential. I want to qualify for a main event match at Mania, sort of thing. Mm. I can imagine Gunter having a really good run in the Rumble, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, just chopping the hell out of people out there. Just, range. just chopping here, just chopping. Oh, now they've gone. Chop. Oh, now they've gone. I mean, hey, 2024 prediction. I'm going to say now, not for this year. Brock versus Gunter. <sighs> Might, yeah. It could be. It could. You could do it. Twenty twenty three. I think it's too soon. I don't well, know basically, why. Basically, tease it in a rumble. Tease it in a rumble. Basically, yeah, I want it. it at WrestleMania. I want giant <laughs> loud chops at WrestleMania in a stadium. <laughs> it's the cowboy versus the general. There Who will win? When? So, yeah, I, yeah. Oh, I think. On. I think. I think Seamus will, will eventually get the Intercontinental Champion. I think we're doing. The, we're doing a side story of Ray for a little bit, and then. And then we will get back to normal, regular broadcasting opportunities. So my next prediction is also very specific. Okay. Survivor Series will heavily feature NXT talent. Kind of like it did a few years back when it was kind of like the three-way mm. situation. Yeah, I can, I can, I can see we'll probably have some call-ups by then. I, I, sorry, I should clarify. I mean specifically, like, say, a Team NXT type thing. Possible. I mean, they, they. I mean, from again, going back to the the chat about the the brand supremacy thing, that's been. There's the impression from how they're marketing this. This is not brand supremacy, despite the fact there's a combination of red and blue in the logo. But the fact of the matter is, mm -hmm. is like, well, it's a Raw and SmackDown show anyway. All the stars are going to be there anyway. Um, they so could very well bill it maybe as a a sort of a next generation preview type thing. Mm. Kind of like, yeah. a, right, here's like some of our great ones. Here's some of the next generation for you to keep an eye out for. Yeah, yeah, I can I can imagine that happening. I can. It's like, I think if we were still really heavily focused on brand supremacy, it's an absolute no-brainer again, NXT, mm -hmm. in, in there. Because Trips will want that to happen. Mm -hmm. But... And we got Halloween Havoc this weekend, um, so I, it might be final. It might be curtains for NXT time for certain people there. What's on a? Let me have a quick look. What's Halloween, Halloween Havoc, Havoc main event is a triple threat for the NXT Championship with Braun Breaker, Ilya Dragunov, and Jordan Devlin 
or I was going to say what's an XT name. So um, yeah. let's have a look. I'm on the page now, so hopefully I can highlight a few more. North yep. American title match involving five people by the look of it. One yep. name who hey. I can't see on the graphics it's blocked out. It's uh, Nathan Frazier, Von That'd Wagner, uh, Carmella Hayes, uh, I think Wesley and... And Oro Cal- Mensa? Yes, him. There you go. Him. We've also got Roxanne Perez versus Cora Jade. Uh, yep, in a weapons match. Cool, cool. There's also an, an ambulance match. Uh, Julius yep. Creed versus Damian Kemp. Yes, and if Damian Kemp wins, then Brutus Creed must leave NXT. Well, basically, that means the Creed brothers will go up to the main roster. Um, I kind of think they've done everything they need to do in NXT. They've they've won the Dusty Cup. They've been tag team. They've kind of gone from like rough rough lumps of coal into real sort of diamond charismatic sort of tag team wrestlers. So I, I can imagine the I can imagine the Diamond Mine little stable them including Ivy Nile on that going up. I mean, like at the. Legato Del Fantasmo are on SmackDown now. So, mm. yeah. Uh, yeah, I kind of, yeah. I, I I would not be surprised if 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 Damien Kemp wins that one. Mm. Uh, we also got Grayson Waller versus Apollo Crews. Mm-hmm. That's noted as a spin the wheel, make the deal match. Yes, with Chucky for the what? second year in a row. Chucky the Doll is, is part of the festivities. He had a promo with Grayson Waller. Chucky won the promo. <laughs> <laughs> Synergy and moving on. Shotzi <laughs> and Quincy Elliott co-host Halloween Havoc. Yes, those are the matches I can see on the WWE side. Uh, I think we've got I- Mandy Rose versus Mandy Rose versus Alba Fire as well. Oh yeah, that, that, that's on the banner graphic, but ironically not on the actual sub site I'm looking at. Oh, today, fair, enough. fair enough. Synergy, think, hey? Synergy, hey? <laughs> um, I think it'll be a fun show. I didn't realise it was this Saturday. I thought it, I, I thought it was like a normal episode of NXT, but actually it's going to be on Saturday, which is, oh, okay, cool. Lovely, I like this. Yep. So uh, it's 8pm Eastern start time, so that's 1am so UK Sunday morning. So wake, wake up Sunday, breakfast of NXT. It's fine. It's breakfast short, of it, NXT. <laughs> breakfast of NXT. All the wrestling that you can enjoy. I think it'll be a, it'll be a decent little show. Mm. I mean, it's like the talent involved is quite, it's quite good as well. Oh, part, oh, 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 oh. They teased the cash in at NXT. Austin Wait, Fury what? turned up. Yeah, this what? past week on NXT, Austin Fury came out, went, I've got a case. I might want your belt, which might what? be the, which might be the best resolution for money in the bank this year. So, hmm. So you're telling me, Money in the Bank once again applies to NXT. Yes. Like the Royal Rumble did when Charlotte beat Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. If hmm. we, if, they're, if they're having that cross-pollination of NXT into the main roster stuff, this makes perfect sense. It I does. Think- it's more just... I mean, it's one way of getting the belt off Bron Breaker if you cheat to win, I guess. Yeah, and you want Bron Breaker on your main roster, which... It's kind of overdue now, to be honest. I think it's 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 time, mm. in a way. And he's starting so, a math on main roster TV. Yeah, he's already done it on. Um, he's already done it. On I NXT. know. I saw the clip. It was great. Because <laughs> it's like if 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 it's not Austin Fury cashing in or something like that, I could I could see Dragon off taking the belt and kind of having the bit more of a 
substantial run than he did as an NXT UK champion because he had to vacate it due to injury and stuff like that. And you've got Tyler Bate on the roster there as well already. So it's like there are there are elements of good contenders for the championship there. Mm. But it's kind of like as much as Braun has been entertaining, or Braun, I should not say Braun because it sounds like Braun Strowman. As much as Braun has been entertaining, I think it I think he I think he's done all that he needs to do now. In a, in a way. Yeah. In a way. And yeah, that's that's a thing. So So one more prediction each then. What what, what are you going to do for your final pick for a prediction for this year? This is very left field. Okay. And this is this is real wishful thinking. I would like I would like the the main roster shows to have their own stages and the new musics to start. So I want a nice problem. I mean, we've already done a little bit of the rebranding of the commentators. But I think, uh, but then part of me thinks on that one, it's not going to happen until they actually have a draft. And they have made no plans to have a draft for a while. So. So you want a bit more individuality for the shows? Yeah. Yeah. Because I like the bits when it was like SmackDown Live and Raw. SmackDown Live had that just extra camera angles that you didn't really see before. Like kind of like the swooping cam over like the swooping just off center. Mm. Made it interesting. So yeah, I, I, I would like to see that happen. I don't think it's going to happen, but I think it's just, you know what? You know what? This is this this is this is a more possible. This is a more possible. Okay. I would like, I would like fiend staging for premium live events to be back, starting with war games. Well, I mean, it could just be chain link fence. That's your. <laughs> we, yeah, yeah. You can still have a big. You still have the the giant f off screen. But just have a little bit of variety in the stage area. Like when tables, ladders, and chairs had just tables, no, ladders, no, and chairs. Not that, but like <laughs> bar, bar, things. things. It's like make, make so that bit of effort. It's like, it's not, not the same of going to the UK and going, well, how do we know we're in the UK? I've put a phone box on the stage. Look. There's a, there's a taxi. <laughs> there's a giant there's Union a, Jack. There, there's, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a palace soldier. There's Big Ben. Off we go. Here's a bus. <laughs> I don't have to follow that. So my, my prediction was going to be very simple for my last one. That's going to be that FTR will be quad champs and that they will get the AEW tag team titles. I hope so. I, I, I really so. want it to happen because I think it is genuinely history making. And just that vision mm. of them just each being decked in gold. They can just hold their arms out, just two belts each or something on each arm. Yeah, I think part of me thinks if if Punk was is remaining in AEW per se, then they have that thing of him teaming up with FTR mm. and all that sort of stuff. And I think that would that probably would have given more credence to let's have tag team belts. It's incredibly weird how FTR have not been involved in the AEW tag team championships, mm-hmm. despite the despite the fact that they are they're not injured. They're incredibly over. <laughs> they have so belts. It, it's funny you mention that, actually, because this was actually acknowledged on Dynamite this week because there was a backstage yeah. segment involving... Or it may have been on Rampage, actually, excuse me, but it was one or the other. It was... No, because at the time we're recording, it's not been Rampage yet. So, yes, it was Dynamite. So there was a backstage segment with Keith Lee and Swerve and FTR, and Ren- oh yeah, Ren- Renee Paquette is now in AEW. Cool to see her. Nice to, nice to see her. Indeed. There with, but, um, there with husband John. But 
it was acknowledged that FTR have been number one contenders for a while, but in essence, hadn't cashed in their, their championship opportunity. Now, bit of a stretch, I agree, but I like the fact they have kind of acknowledged, yeah, you guys have, but we've been number one for a while, and now's the time we want to do this. But the way they're doing that is that Swerve and Keith Lee want a rematch. So they're going to have a match on Dynamite. It's either on, I think it's on Dynamite next week. It's going to be FTR against Swerve mm-hmm. and Lee. The winners face the acclaim for the belt. Okay. I mean, I've got no problem with, with that. It's just the frustrating thing is like, why have we waited this long to think about it? Honestly, it probably should have been when the Bucks were champs. Pretty much. I, co- I, I completely agree, but there's an element as well of the acclaimed are so hot right now in general, but that part fact, of me yeah, wonders, yeah. gone. The thing is, think about this now, it's like FTR are over, the acclaimed are over. Hmm. And the fact of the matter is, do you cut the legs off the acclaimed to give FTR their fourth belts, fourth set of belts at this moment in time? I think F- FTR's AEW Tag Champions is, the, is, an, is inevitable at some point. But I think to do it at the expense of arguably their, one of their most overacts in the company right now, I don't know. I don't know. It's like this. It's like if AEW, if, no, AEW, if FTR was supposed to be AEW Champions at some point, it should have happened a lot earlier. And it just, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. Someone's got to make a tough decision on that, but Someone's- part of me just thinks before the end of the year, and in fairness, there's still a lot to go for the end of the year. True. Like, we've got full gear coming up. You could at least give... Uh, the Acclaimed, sorry, I blanked out for a second. There. Um, you could at least give the Acclaimed another title defense successful or two. There's yeah. time to do that. It could well be that FTR get cheated out of the match. I, also, because I, cause they've been emphasizing that a little bit that yeah. sort of Billy Gunn cheated to help the acclaimed win and now Swerve's been cheating a little bit. So part of me thinks Keith Lee doesn't want that to happen, the cheating. Swerve cheats on FTR to help get the win and then obviously there'll be a little bit more dissension between Keith Lee and Swerve ultimately leading to a rematch where the two of them split up and then down the line that leads to FTR then getting the shot, yeah. as it were. Yeah, I I think if you're gonna if you're gonna eventually put belts on FTR, maybe revolution's the key. Mm. That's, it's just can they hold it can they maintain the momentum? <laughs> because also now there's the ROH final battle pay-per-view in, in December as well. Mm-hmm. So one assumes they'll be defending the ROH belts then. New Japan, I think, have got a tag league in November well, we're in November, in December so they'll, time. They'll, they'll be at Wrestle Kingdom in some capacity then. If One would in. assume. So it, yeah. it's it's literally from that that quad championship perspective I'm thinking of. Yeah. That if you want that to happen, I mean I don't know when the heck the last time they defended the triple A belts were, but you know, either way, if you know. want the quad belts to happen, I think they've got to do it sooner rather than later. Hmm. That said, I yeah. want to see FTR in New Japan. Well, I haven't seen the match with Aussie Open yet. It's on New Japan World now. But by mm. all accounts, freaking great. Okay. So yes, so that see. rounds off my predictions. But good sir, any others that have come to mind for you that you would like to impart upon the world before we begin to wrap up this here show? I'm pondering. 
Well, while you're pondering, I will tell you that okay. announced for SmackDown tonight at the time we're recording, Sheamus the Solo Sokoa. Yep, see, we're, start, we're starting the Brutes versus Bloodline, <laughs> aren't go. we? There we go. There we go. Oh, and will we ever find out who drove their car into Karrion Cross's Porsche? Because <laughs> that, that was a very weird start to SmackDown. It's like, oh no, there's been another car crash in the parking lot. The most dangerous place in all of wrestling. It used to be by the coffee machine. <laughs> and now that, it's the like, car park. It's like when it's like when Dexter Loomis turned up, there were there was a car crash or car breaking. When Braun returned, there was a flip car. Well, people stop damaging cars in the car park on their way to going back into WWE. Oh, someone please think of the cars. Don't think of the cars. Here's a random side. Here's a random side. I think there will be another. I think we might see another debut in WWE, but I think it'll be from a, a promotion we have not really thought about. Again, WA or something. Are you Just thinking possibly. former WWE person coming back or actually completely brand new? Probably someone completely brand new because there's been there's been reports of some, uh, I think, I can't remember the names off the top of their head, but they were former Ring of Honor tag team. Uh, yeah, some, some former Ring of Honor talents have been backstage at um, WWE. Okay. Possibly for the Wyatt stuff. Hmm. Who knows? I forget off the top of my head. I apologize. But there's there is that. But but I mean, I kind it's kind of like I kind of want to sit because it makes it would make sense if we're doing if they're gonna end up doing something called a famey with Mickey James. But what if Nichols has actually got to WWE? Imagine. Imagine. Former gladiator, former Magnus. I was gonna say from Magnus to Aldous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, he's, he's still he's still got the shape and the size and the and and the figure. I mean, it's like there's a possibility. I mean, I I kind of feel like because Mickey James is on a like a, a last a, the 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 last stand or so forth in, in impact at the moment. Of basically, saying I think when she loses next, she retires. In a sense, I don't know if that's the right storyline, um, but if you're going to do like Hall of Fame in a way and kind of really make things kind of happy families in a way. You kind of would want to see. You kind of want to see that. Hmm. I don't know. Plus you can have a good match. Plus you can have good a good old-fashioned wrestling promos with, with Cody and stuff like that again. Possibly. Hmm. I, I actually met, I actually met uh, Aldous at a, I think, a London Comic Con many, many years ago. He's a nice bloke. I've interviewed him a few times. Yeah. I met uh, him a few times as well. 2012, I think. Yeah, that would have been roughly around the time when he was sort of on the the impact circuit, if you will. Yeah, he's. I think he had just started going into impact a little bit, and I and I was very surprised that I I, I think I had, I remember chanting about it, and I remember thinking I was a bit surprised, surprised he was he was gone into wrestling for gladiators, and that's why. Then he, he sort of explained, no, oh, no, I've been doing wrestling before gladiators. Like, oh, mm. okay, cool, in a kind of way. But there you go. Many, so, 10 years ago, that. <laughs> before we conclude for today, a random piece of news for you, which kind of alludes to something I mentioned earlier, but this is literally just broken, apparently. So, Thunder Rosa apparently has done an interview with Busted Open Radio today at a time we're recording, 21st of April. Uh, and addressed. Uh, October. What did I say? You said April. You said April. We've gone oh, back in I? time, Jeremy. <laughs> Don't take us back. I can't, what... relive, I can't relive the Trust Premiership. This is what happens <laughs> when I really need food, people. Sorry. 
sorry. So, appeared today, 21st of October, 2022, uh, talking about sort of the, the, the women's world title bits and bobs. So, she has mm-hmm. said, quote unquote, I am still hurt. They haven't given me a time yet when I'm coming back. I'm saying it's January, and I hope it is January. And again, if Tony Storm disagrees with what with what was decided in the back, that's not my problem. When I get better, I will still be the champion if my boss lets me be the champion. If he doesn't, I will be okay with that decision too, because I don't make the rules, and that needs to be said. She added that she'll be getting an epidural in the next two weeks so she can begin training for that January return target. Okay. So there's a lot more comments that have been said about that, but either way, perhaps January time, we may start to see a build-up or a return for a resolution when it comes to the status of the Women's Championship in AEW. The, the, resolution the primary Women's at, Championship. The resolution at revolution. Oh, look at you and your wordplay, your, your slight yes. alliteration there. It's all turning out Millhouse for me. There we're you coming go. Coming up Millhouse. Anyway. On that note, sir, I think we're going to now wrap up the show, but uh, but any other additional thoughts you would like to convey or anything else we should make mention of before we conclude for today? No, not today. Maybe next episode, but not today. There you go. Well, folks, keep keep staying tuned, as it were. We should be back within the next couple of weeks with some more discussion points to make note of. I'm going to be honest, I don't think I'm going to have time to watch Crown Jewel. I'm just going to put it out there now. At the very least... I may try and watch the Logan Paul match purely out of morbid curiosity. I was like, originally I was going to probably be able to watch it, but I may or may not be now going off to a convention that weekend Ooh. to do some, to, to help out with some people. So it's kind of like, okay, then I'm going to watch it on my iPad again. <laughs> no, that's cool. So yeah, so keep, keep, keep your feeds subscribed to, as it were. When yes. there is a new episode available, it will go straight to your download folder and all your notifications mm-hmm. inbox. So, if you want to get in contact with us, you can reach out to us via Twitter at UK is the handle. Good, sir, if people want to drop us an email, what's the best way to do that? The best way to do it is to clothesline an email straight into our inbox at bunkermania at bunkerzilla.co.uk. I think I got that right quite nice today. I think I said clothesline it straight from hell to our inbox. (laughs) JBL's back, by the way. Wait, what? Yeah, he's managing Baron Corbin. How do we do this every time we try and close the show? How is that? Wait, because, wait, no, because wait, hang t- on, wait, wait, wait. Did you just say JBL and Baron Corbin? Yes, because Baron Corbin was out on his luck a little bit. He was no longer happy. Before so you Jamie- carry on, to invoke William Regal here, you've got three minutes to sell this to me. Go. <laughs> Basically, Baron Corbin was very dejected a couple of weeks ago. And a big limousine with bullhorns picked him up. Gee, wonder who it could be. Can <laughs> this week on Raw, JBL turns up and he's gone, look, I'm picking up Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin comes out still with the happy Corbin music, but he's not happy Corbin anymore. He's just Baron Corbin and all that sort of stuff with money and stuff. And he's gonna, he's aiming to turn Baron Corbin into the modern day wrestling god. Uh, with his little short hat. It's like he should have the giant cowboy hat like JBL. Maybe he'll earn it one day. I don't know. I mean, I don't hate it, but it it needs a little work. (laughs) Anytime you start a phrase with, I don't hate it. (laughs) 
It's not stupid bollocks. <laughs> but if money's acceptable for now, it's like Ezekiel turned up. It wasn't, it's like, it's stupid bollocks. But I'm interested. <laughs> Is that our rating scale now? Like, stupid bollocks, bollocks. <laughs> Just keeps gets higher. It's like, I don't hate it. So it's like, stupid bollocks, bollocks, balls. I don't hate it. <laughs> I don't hate it. This is actually pretty good. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. From myself, Jeremy Graves, from him, Mr. Ian Bolton, the Decadane, as it were. We've been Bunker Mania here on Bunkerzilla UK. Until next time, take care, and we shall speak to you again very soon. Enjoy the show. Discover more Bunkazilla originals at bunkazilla.co.uk. Ooh.